630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Okay, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Game one, Lightning and Avalanche, Stanley Cup final right here on 6.30. Chad, tomorrow our coverage is going to start after the 6 o'clock news. We will have every game in that series except for game two on Saturday because we'll have the game between the Elks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which we will talk about a little bit later on. So it was uh, just over three years ago. It was June 12th, 2019, that my next guest became a Stanley Cup champion, helping his St. Louis Blues beat the Boston Bruins 4-1 in Game 7 of that series. He, of course, grew up in St. Albert. Friend of the program, Blues defenseman Colton Pareko, checking in tonight. Colton, sir, how are you doing? Hey, all's good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's nice to have you on the show. We usually talk during the playoffs. Oftentimes, you've been yeah. in the series, so uh, thanks for hopping on here uh, a couple of weeks after you guys were uh, were eliminated. Uh, first of all, where are you in your off-season training right now? Are you doing anything, or is it still kind of rest and recovery? Uh, a lot of rest and recovery still right now. Just about to uh, start maybe doing some little stuff, get start um, getting it going a little bit, start ramping up a little bit, but um, no, not too, nothing too crazy yet, but... Uh, soon I'll start just doing little workouts, a um, little bit of mobility stuff, and then eventually I'll um, just start ramping up, obviously, in, into the more of the physical where lifting weights and stuff like that and um, just getting prepped for next year. Okay. Well, look, the, the Avalanche swept the Oilers. They knocked you guys out four games to two. They they swept the Predators. You guys have been the only team to beat them in the postseason. They also eliminated you guys in four straight in 2021. So you know all about this Avalanche team. Just some maybe on-ice perspective on how they've been able to be so successful here. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously they're a very good team. They have a lot of good players. Um, Top-line players they got. Uh, a lot of, I mean, obviously no no surprise that uh, they got a couple of the best players in the game. And then I think they just got a deep team that works hard. I think every game they, they uh, you know what you're going to get from them. They come out, they work hard. Um, they play a game together where they're all, all playing together as a team. And um, that's obviously tough to beat. And I think when you're rolling four lines and, and playing a, a tough game uh, like that with a team, it's, it's tough to beat. And um, that's just what they're doing. They're playing good playoff hockey. And, um, just finding ways to win. Yeah, well, you mentioned a little bit, but I, I thought their their forward depth was so good all year long, and especially against Edmonton. I mean, Kadri went down, Comfer steps in, and and I thought even their fourth line can play with speed and pressure of the puck as well. No, exactly, and that's that's obviously uh, one of the recipes to a winning team, in, in my opinion, is just having guys that can step in if someone goes down obviously playoffs is tough you get a lot of injuries even throughout the year you get injuries and guys need to step in and and obviously contribute to uh get you into the playoffs and obviously keep you up in the standings and um i mean they had home ice advantage obviously throughout the playoffs which was was uh is always nice um but i don't know just obviously their their offense we talked about the four lines and then they have good defensemen back there that move the puck skate extremely well and um stuff to play and so uh, a lot of good stuff over there on that Colorado team, obviously. Um, and, and it's a uh, tough team, team to play against. Uh, I guess it's fun to watch. Yeah, well, look, uh, I, I'm not just having you on to pump the tires of an opposition team, but I, I do want your perspective before we dive into your season of the Blues season. How unique a player is Kale McCarr in this league? Uh, 
Yeah, obviously. I mean, if, if any of the Edmonton fans got the chance to watch him last series, you you quickly uh, get an appreciation for what kind of player he is and how good he is, obviously, um, on, on the defensive side of stuff. But um, then you look at him on the offensive side of stuff, and it's, uh, it's incredibly impressive. And um, it's cool to uh, have a player like that in our league, obviously, that kind of contributes like that and can kind of play both ends of the puck. And he's just a unique player that um, it, it's good for our league to see someone like that and someone to have like that and um, also Alberta boy so can't really go wrong there. Golden Pareko from the St. Louis Blues joining us in Inside Sports. You guys had another strong season. Uh, you're kind of in that battle with uh, with Minnesota for second and third through most of the season and then you guys knocked them out of the uh, out of the playoffs. I mean overall um, I know you didn't get where you wanted in the postseason but how, how would you sort of sum up the year for the Blues? Yeah, I thought it was a good year. I mean, obviously, you mentioned um, our goal going in. Obviously, the goal for every team is to go far and win, obviously, the Stanley Cup. But um, I, I thought we had a really good team. I mean, throughout the year, we, we battled definitely a lot of injuries. Uh, even in playoffs, we did. And I thought um, guys that stepped in did a really good job of, of coming in and, and doing their part and contributing. And um, obviously, that's good to see when going into next year. We, we know we have the depth and know that we can do it. And I think we're going to have close to similar hopefully close to a similar team and uh but no i thought we had a good year um overall like you mentioned we were battling with minnesota two three there throughout the whole year and um obviously they had home at advantage but uh i thought we did good on the road uh, we we're a good road team and went into minnesota beat them uh and obviously uh, we already mentioned that we uh kind of landed on a tough colorado in the second round and, and went down in, in six games but uh overall i thought it was pretty good um good growing year for our team a lot of the young guys came in and, and they definitely showed they belonged and they didn't just show that they belonged but they had really good good uh, years and they uh, definitely contributed in a big way and it's it's exciting to see that, that that's the, the talent that we got coming up from the young group and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing them continue to grow and um, see what they can bring to the team yeah for sure okay um colton let's let's flash back a little bit this is the eve of game one of the stanley cup final do you remember the night before game one in 2019 <laughs> were, were you nervous were you excited were you were you, were you trying yeah. to chill out what do you remember going into that series <laughs> i mean a little bit of everything honestly i mean uh i couldn't really believe it. i've been obviously lucky to be on good teams here in st louis my whole career um just missed the playoffs one time but other than that my first three actually went to the semifinals um, and lost to San Jose, but we've always had a good team, um, been a playoff team. So, uh, but the finals is different, obviously, and it's just that much more exciting. I still remember uh, walking into the arena and seeing the fi- finals patch on my jersey, and um, just hits you differently a little bit with with excitement and um, just how cool it is. And I mean, a lifelong dream where you're playing street hockey, and here you are, you're scoring goals on on the driveway growing up, and now all of a sudden you're you're there and um, I don't know. It's it was it's exciting and um, a little nervous, but I think once the puck drops, it it's, uh, you get a couple shifts under your belt and you realize that um, it's another game and you got to play your best, so you got to be focused and um, that's it. Right on. Okay. Well, we always appreciate you coming on the show, uh, Colt. Are are you, are you in St. Albert or you come to St. Albert at some point? What's the plan? Uh, yeah, of course. Thanks. I mean, obviously, always. Um, I will be in St. Albert at some point. I, I don't know exactly the dates yet. I got a couple things going on throughout the summer, a couple weddings, and um, heading up to Alaska for a hockey camp. So uh, I will be there at some point, obviously, to see the family and some friends and catch up with all of them. But I'm um, just not sure exactly when. And 
uh, that's about it. Just relaxing here in St. Louis right now. Uh, like we talked about, going to start the training a little bit. Go go see the trainer before I head home too, and make sure my training is ready for uh, the summer before I leave. Are these your connections back when you played for Fairbanks? So you go up to Alaska? Yep, exactly. Um, I'm actually going to put on a little hockey school up there um, for the uh, people in Fairbanks and uh, try to help contribute to to the hockey program there at the school and, and try to uh, just have some fun with it and go see people that I've met throughout my time there, um, just see the people at the school. Uh, obviously, school's not going to be in, but they should have some guys in. Um, training and, and maybe do a summer school there in Alaska that are on the team. So just go meet some of the guys, hopefully, and uh, just enjoy my time. Right on. Good for you for doing that. Colton, thanks for checking in. We love hearing from you here on Inside Sports. Have a great summer, man. We'll talk to you soon. Of course. Thank you very much. Uh, you have a great summer as well, and maybe I'll see you throughout the summer. Right on. That is Colton Pareko from the St. Louis Blues coming off a season in which he had 35 points for the third time in his NHL career, so matches his career high. Man, oh, man, it is hard to believe Colton Pareko has now been in the National Hockey League for seven seasons. Seven seasons, and he's uh, going into year one of that eight-year extension he signed with the Blues. Important part of their team, and yeah, really good team, but in that uh, tough central division, got knocked out in the second round by the Colorado Avalanche. Colton joining us on the Certainteed hotline at 780-496-0063. Certainteed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed, pro all the way. We are uh, going to give away a pair of tickets to the World Junior Tournament that's being hosted at Rogers Place from August 9th to 20th. So we'll do a trivia question when we get back, and we'll dive a little deeper into that uh, another way that the Oilers could have Evander Kane on the team next year, not by re-signing him, but by maybe trading for his rights. That's coming up after the break. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Black Ocean, cold and dark. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, yeah, just uh, especially Colton Preco, seven years in the NHL already. He just had that uh, comeback announcement from Nugent Hopkins. He's been in the NHL 11 years, deepest he's ever been in the playoffs with the Edmonton Oilers this year. They grow up fast, don't they? I'm starting to sound like an old prospector. Well, I remember back in 1992. Is that how old prospectors sound, Kellen? I'm not sure. It depends on what part of the country you're from, I think. <laughs> well, I'm from this part of the country. So I guess that's how I sound. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, you don't know. They could sound just different to, on the other side of the Pemna River. You don't know. So, Just to clarify, I was not alive for the uh, Klondike Gold Rush. I, I, I don't know if anybody was that's still alive. right? What years was the Klondike Gold Rush? Like the late 1800s. So, yes, I doubt uh, that that yeah, would be 1896 to 1899. Yeah. So, uh, so somebody was born in 1899. How old would they be now? 123? I yes. don't know if we have any 123-year-old Canadians. I, I think it's a safe assumption that, uh, no, nah, that's a thing that's not existing right now. So <laughs> I, I, I don't think I would have done well during the Klondike Gold Rush. I think I would have uh, probably fallen by the wayside. There, I just, I would have been there. People, but where's that guy that can't keep up? Oh yeah, he wasn't able to keep up. Let's just keep going. I would have loved just to sit in a saloon during one of those uh, 
there is during the yeah, gold that rush. That would have been fun. You, you try to try to win some of the gold in a game of uh, you know canasta or whist or cribbage, perhaps. I think it was That's poker or blackjack, wasn't it? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think I, I. Well, I know how to play crib. It's been a long time. I don't. I canasta and, and those are games, right? Those are card games. I yes. don't know how to play them. Hearts, I know how to play. That's about it. Poker, I. Uh, I. I'm not. I. I did. I know there's kind of a poker craze now. Poker's on TV. I got some buddies that play poker. They'll have weekly tournaments or bi-weekly tournaments. I went to one at a buddy's house, well, several years ago now. And I don't know how many people were there, 12, 14, 16, maybe. And there were two tables and then they pared it down. So I think we did two tournaments and I fluked out a second place win in one of the tournaments, I believe. So I think I won my money back for, I think it was 50 bucks to get in, but I, I, it, it's just, it moves too fast for me. I'm one of those people when I play a game, I kind of like to soak it in, think about it, talk about stuff, but they, you know, they'd reveal everybody's cards and I'd be looking, oh, okay, I have this and this so I, and this person and other people. They're so fast processing the cards. It would just be, oh, yeah, uh, Jimmy won. And I'm like, wait a minute. How do, oh, okay. Everybody else picked it up far quicker than I did. So I, poker's kind of not my thing. I don't know. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, we got trivia here. All right. So, Kellen, let, we can get people on the line. Sure. We're giving away... Uh, you'll have to answer this question live on air. I'll give you the question first, so you don't have to call in if you don't think you're going to get it. This is for two tickets to uh, a World Junior game at Rogers Place in Edmonton between August 9th and 20th. And uh, we don't have a show tomorrow, so we'll give away some tickets now, and then we'll give away another pair of tickets in, in about an hour from now. The Oil King, it'll be a different question, obviously, in an, in an hour. The Oil Kings won the Memorial Cup in 2014. Which Oil King led that tournament in scoring? So which Oil King led the 2014 Memorial Cup in scoring? 7804960063. Kellen will uh, get you on the phone and you'll have to answer the question live on air. Okay, so uh, Jeff Merrick touched on it about half an hour ago. I believe Elliot has talked about it on Stoff Show. So Evander Kane's contract with the San Jose Sharks is in arbitration currently. So they basically terminated his contract mid-season. You know how it went. He was a free agent. He signed with the Oilers, and he finished out the season and played really well. He had a cap hit of basically two million, two million bucks. Did great for Edmonton. So now he can become an unrestricted free agent, unless the arbitrator says, uh, you know what? That the shark, Sharks shouldn't have done that. His rights in that contract belong to the San Jose Sharks. So that would mean he would have three years remaining on his contract at $7 million per season, cap hit of $7 million per season. So he ain't playing for the San Jose Sharks. That relationship is severed. But the Sharks might say, might be told, this, this, this is your player. So what are you going to do about it? So in that case, San Jose would try to trade Evander Kane and then I'm sure the Edmonton Oilers would be in on that. And since the Sharks would really not be in a position of uh, of much power in terms of bargaining, they would probably have to retain some salary. So to me, the best, and this could still be a long and winding road, but we're kind of talking about it here as a hypothetical. We're, we're, we're in that point of the season where we might talk a lot about hypotheticals for the Oilers for next year or for moves in the summer. So what if San Jose says, okay, we, we want to trade this guy, and Kane says, well, you know, you can trade me to Edmonton if you want. So you can talk to them if you want. And so what if they say to the Oilers, all right, 
we'll we'll eat half the salary so you're going to get Evander Kane for three and a half million dollars now Edmonton would likely have to give something back we can debate what that would be draft pick prospect player uh whatever but that could be a mechanism for the Oilers to have Evander Kane on the team next year and not be paying him around seven eight million dollars like he would probably attract on the open market so that's just something to keep in mind. That would be really quirky. That would be quite a twist. Okay, San Jose, you basically fired this guy midseason. Well, now he's your employee again, so you deal with it. Who do we have up for the contest, Kellen? Uh, let's start with uh, line number... Um, whoa, excuse me. Uh, line number two tonight. <laughs> Here, we'll go with Don. How's that? All right. Don, which oil king led the... Uh, Memorial Cup, Memorial Cup in scoring in 2014. It's a guess. We'll go with Lazar. That is a really good guess, but it is not accurate. That's probably what my guess would have been if I hadn't looked it up. Uh, who do we have next, Kellen? We'll go to Kevin on the line. Now. All right. Kevin, who was it? Uh, Samuelson. Yes, you got it just for fun. Do you remember his first name? Oh, shit. It's all sound. <laughs> Oh, don't say that word. Don't say, we, sorry, we can't sorry, say sorry. that. We can't say that. It was Henrik. Henrik, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome player. I, I, I got to be honest with you here, Kevin. I thought he was a slam dunk. Me to too. Have a pretty solid NHL career. You too, eh? Me too, yeah. I yeah. double-checked. He played a grand total of three NHL games with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. He, he played 19-20 yeah. in... Uh, Germany and I don't think he's uh he's played since then so yeah that was yeah. tough did you follow that team pretty close yeah yeah you bet try to anyway and you've been watching this year's team at all yeah it's they should have a pretty good chance I think close is gonna I think he's gonna lead him I think they, they got the goaltending advantage you know they put up that stat last night during the broadcast on TSN and if he didn't have that shortened season, he would be the Oil Kings all-time winningest goaltender by a long shot. Because yeah. he's not that far behind Jari and uh, and Lazar. Or, yeah. uh, Brassois, pardon me. Yeah. yeah, so he would have had it by a long shot. Because, they, I mean, they, they could have won. I mean, what, they probably would have had a 700 or 750 winning percentage last year if they'd played a, yeah. full, like a full year. That's another 45 wins, 50 wins. So, absolutely. Okay, Kevin, thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Stay on the line, okay, because okay. Kellen's going to take down your information and uh, we'll give away more tickets to uh, a World Junior game at the uh, tournament in Edmonton later this year. Yeah, Henrik Samuelson was... Uh, 27th overall pick of the then Phoenix Coyotes in 2012. Of course, the son of Alf Samuelson, who was the big bruising defenseman in the National Hockey League, joined the Oil Kings partway through the 11-12 season. Then he had 80 points in 12-13. In 13-14, the dude had 95 points in 65 games. And yeah, looked like an absolute slam dunk to be kind of uh, an NHL power forward type playing. I mean, he was 6'2", about 195 pounds. I'm not saying he would have been necessarily a top liner in the NHL, but I, I would have thought he would have been a middle six forward who could score and hit and annoy a little bit, and it just never worked out for him. But that uh, 2014 Memorial Cup, a uh, special time for the Oil Kings, and that was the year they had to go through the, uh, the tiebreaker game. Or pardon me, they went through the... 
the third place game. They, they finished third. They were in the semifinal against Valdor, and Curtis Lazar scored in triple overtime to beat uh, Valdor 4-3, and then they beat Guelph 6-3 in the final, and Samuelson had a couple goals in the final. Four goals, four assists in five games in that tournament to lead it in scoring. Good memories, and the Oil Kings are making more as they're off to the Memorial Cup in St. John next week. All right, we got some special events going on around the, Hel the Elks home opener. We'll dive into that. More tickets to give away, too. It's Inside Sports on 630 Jet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.